Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Monday, October 29. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And let's pray for today. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you again for a fresh day, a new start. Uh, I want to thank you for the ability to and freedom to be able to read your word, to be able to reflect on its application in our lives. God, I ask for the insight. I ask for, uh, I ask for our families, for our communities, uh, for the tensions that we have uh, in the world that we live in. And uh, may we find a way to be able to live in better harmony and better understanding and empathy with each other. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Romans 14. Today we have the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm reading the entire chapter and the first, ooh, the first subheading. I like this, the danger of criticism. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know and I'm convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there's nothing wrong with with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. 
But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Hmm. I like that translation. It's good. I do too. It's really good. And it, it gave me yet another question. Oh, um, only, only one. Wow. Yeah. Could I ask this really quickly before we go into the question? <laughs> and it's this. I mean, <laughs> I'm imagining that Paul has never been to an Adventist potluck. <laughs> where, for instance, you could no, simultaneously do fe- do fellowship lunches. Yeah. offend well, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I said, you could sim- I didn't yeah. say fellowship lunch because I'm not referring to our yeah, church. I'm yeah. saying an Adventist potluck at some church that we don't like somewhere that would be terrible. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm imagining. Okay. Okay. All so, right. All right. Here we go. And you have someone who no is judgment. a vegan there at the potluck. And then you have someone who's not, and they've brought chicken. Oh, so whatever yeah. you do, you're going to offend one of them because they both are very evangelistic in their views of yeah. what should be eaten. So I'm, I'm just questioning, I mean, isn't it? Isn't the problem going to be that anything that you do is going to be a stumbling block to somebody? Man, I, I tell you, I, yeah, I, no, absolutely. I mean, I just, I don't see any way around that. And I think yeah, we all have to kind of get a grip in terms of what is a stumbling block for us. I mean, maybe yeah. that would be more of the lesson is don't pay that much attention to what other people are doing one way or the other. Yeah, what is... And just kind of decide what you think is the right thing to do and whether this person over here is eating tofu or not has nothing to do with you. Mmm, tofu. Um, I hate it. I've hated it. I mean, this has been an issue for me for years that um, back when I was a teenager, my my best friend would get so angry with me if we went to McDonald's and she ordered a Big Mac as she would and I would not do that because I didn't eat meat and I wanted a salad. And oh, she would just berate me. You think you're better than I am. Oh, really? It's like, no, I don't think I'm better than you are. I just don't want to eat a Big Mac. That's all. It's not a matter. There's no there's no qualitative comparison here whatsoever. It's just this is what I want to do. It has nothing to do with you. Mm. So but, I worked I worked at McDonald's for six years, mm. and I actually think the Big Mac without meat is actually really good. Um, well, I always think of Melissa Wood from New World. Oh, yeah, she yeah. was a strict vegetarian, and she loved to get the like a cheeseburger without the meat so yeah, it would have everything really in it it's it because the, the bun's got all that sugar we're digressing oh we are really nothing to do McDonald's no we have <laughs> not we really have. anyway but um, I don't remember what you were saying oh no the vegan I think that the issue really is and it, you know when you said that about the whole vegan and the chicken and the potluck and stuff it reminded me of, of several churches I used to visit that uh, would have meat at their potlucks yeah and then everybody and, makes a big point out of is this real and, or not yeah but <laughs> but it was so good and it was just and it was it, it is really interesting because people so do just, yeah, if you want it eat very it particular if you don't. styles of it and whatever so it's, it's different it's different but we've had uh, I've been to churches where they've had to make serious decisions about whether they will ever have meat in the building or not and they have to make a board decision oh I know so, and then imagine the poor person yeah. who shows up and they've brought something nice some yeah chicken stew they've made and then they're refused from allowing from ha- from putting it on the table so I think that's here's the mean. here's the question for yeah, today let's go um, to the actual question yeah uh, mine was better obviously but uh yeah of course kidding. yeah this no that's right are truly multi multicultural churches possible or should we encourage single culture churches how do we create more diversity of thinking in a local church and I probably should give some kind of context to this question because you're thinking, where does that come from? Um, and really it comes from the idea that Paul talks about this weak and this strong. And we were talking about this yesterday a little bit, like what is this chapter really about? Some people believe that he's talking about weak faith and strong faith. But I believe that it actually really talks about uh, the Jews who had left 
in uh, earlier and then come back. So it was like the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians and the tension between them where you had the Gentile oh, Christians... in terms of their culture. Mm, ...who stayed there and then the Jewish Christians who came and they were considered the weaker ones because they came later on to the well-established, stronger ones. And how do these two cultures accept each other? Because they have established practices of church. And we have this all the time. You know, we have people who are like, church is this way, life is this way. And then, you know, I, I grew up in, in places where, in London where we would have churches that were, this is one culture. Uh, we've got a Chinese church. Uh, oh, and Portuguese. we have a lot of those here. I mean, yeah, we, and you have them here as well. And so I think that it's, it is interesting to and see. And we're asking which is the... The better yeah. model. Yeah. Are, are, we, are, are truly multicultural churches possible or should we encourage, you know, the single culture church? I mean, I think I would say yes to both of those questions. I think that a truly multicultural church, yes, indeed, I think it's possible. I also think it's good to have single culture churches because I think they suit different kinds of people. I think not everyone has the flexibility of mind or the desire mm. to kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, seek novelty or to kind of seek the other way of doing things or people who are different, I the other it, as, they, I think it does stretch as they call them. You. I think, it does I think stretch some you. people like that and they find a lot of energy in that. Yeah. And for people where, you know, maybe they, maybe for some people, I've always thought this, there are people for whom the week is brutally difficult. Mm. You know, they have a terrible job. They can hardly pay their bills. They're dealing with stuff, you know, mm. sick relatives, everything. And the only respite they get perhaps is going to church. And so if it makes them feel more comfortable to be in a place where people speak a language that they feel comfortable in and things are the way that they like them to be. I, I can't fault someone for that. Yeah. You know, I think you have to understand. No, that. And, and, and then there other is, people there you is know, something don't need about, that. No, there is something about actually hearing things in your own language, understanding that kind of stuff, um, and certain things that about culture that actually really do give you a, a level of peace as well with that. But I think that we can push all our congregations to have more diversity of thinking. Well, I mean, because culture is not the only form of diversity. Yes, exactly. You know, there's age, there's gender, there's yeah. sexual orientation even, there's yeah. musical taste, there's yeah. political leaning. Yeah. I mean, there are lots and lots of different ways that we And I think people be. people should learn learn how to think a little bit broader and learn how to actually hear and understand and have more of an empathetic view of the world and uh, each other as yeah. well. And this is what he's... I think I like how he has one title. This, this particular version has The Danger of Criticism. And, uh, and something that uh, we have to think about for this entire chapter. But our time is up. So uh, think about this uh, question. I'm going to repeat it one more time. Are truly multicultural churches possible or should we encourage a single culture church? How do we create more diversity of thinking in our local church? Talk to your friends about that. Look after each other, live love, and we'll connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. If you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.